Hi, I'm Siobhan Hunt and this is Kindling Conversation, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. Just a quick note before we get into the next episode. If you haven't already, I'd love you to rate and review Kindling Conversation wherever you get your podcasts or if you enjoy the episode, share it with your friends. All right, thank you and on with the show. Bullying, you might say, is a problem for children. But you could also extrapolate on that and say it's a problem for the adults that care for children because they're the ones that have to try and find solutions. But a recent poll by the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne has found that bullying has a far greater impact on adults than that. The National Child Health Poll surveys over 1,500 parents across the country. Its latest poll shows that parents are feeling the impact of bullying in a much more personal way. Dr. Anthea Rhodes is a paediatrician and director of the National Child Health Poll. Hi, Anthea. How are you? Hi, I'm well, thanks, Siobhan. I would have described bullying as a behavioural issue, but you describe it as a community health problem. Why is that? Well, it has lots of effects that reach out in different ways on people's health and well-being, and not just the health and well-being of the child and individual involved, but from our study, we've learned also the health and well-being of the siblings and the parents in the family. So it's really quite far-reaching in the way it affects people. It sounds like from the poll that you've done, that many parents are feeling helpless when it comes to bullying. Did the poll sort of look at what it was that made them feel helpless? Frequently, parents told us that they they felt they didn't know what to do to try and make bullying stop when it was happening to one or more of their children. They often felt like they were powerless, that they perhaps weren't getting the engagement that they would like from the school. And all of these things sort of rolled in together to really affect parents' own mood and emotions when it comes to dealing with this problem. And now that I have a child at school, all of this makes complete sense to me because reading things on paper and actually experiencing it and working out how to deal with a problem can seem worlds apart when you're actually there and staring it down. Um, one of the things that I kind of kind of shocked me, and I don't know whether I, this is my naivety or not, but I think it was almost around 50% of the kinds of bullying that these children were experiencing was physical. Like I know the majority is verbal and that is painful enough, but that 50, almost half of the children bullied, it was a, a physical kind of bullying. That, that seems really extreme to me. Were you surprised by that result? Well, that fits with other research, actually. So we sort of weren't. And it, that particular type of bullying, the physical bullying, was more common among boys than girls in our study, as it is in other research that's been done before. And it doesn't always involve, you know, what you might picture as the traditional really aggressive punch-up and assault. But sometimes it's just a matter of children being sort of nudged or flicked or tripped um, or having their possessions or belongings taken or... or um, t- interfered with and all of those things form part of the bigger definition of physical bullying. And so when, it's actually more common than, than I think people think. Yeah. And the other thing that made me really sad was that, um, it, again, it wasn't necessarily a surprising finding that um, the majority of children, children who had a difference or a disability were twice as likely to be bullied than those who didn't. And the reason why I find that um, especially sad is because I see so many 
schools trying to address that issue and trying to be more inclusive and trying to make a difference. And and I, I thought maybe this kind of cruelty had been weeded out more in today's schools, but it doesn't seem to be the case. Look, we'd like to hope that too, but certainly this study still suggested and we know with bullying any sort of point of difference in a child is is something that can be a trigger, unfortunately, and particularly disorder or disability does make those children more vulnerable. And I think it, it, it speaks to lots of things. You're absolutely right. It's about community and culture being inclusive um, and you know trying to actually tackle those sorts of problems from the very beginning so we prevent this type of thing happening and the other thing that I think is really important in this is the message for parents around protection or how they might prevent or reduce the chance of their child being bullied and that includes those children who might have a difference of some sort a disability or a disorder really trying hard to support your child to foster friendships that are positive and also to build their self-esteem through activities and things like having them included in sport, having them included in other outside school activities is more important than ever for children who do have a disability or a disorder because it also will help to build their self-esteem and their resilience and actually reduce the chances that they might be bullied. You do have um, points that you include at the bottom of the poll, which I think is brilliant, which we'll get onto in just a minute. But just before we do, um, you also found that 87% of parents weren't confident they would know if their child was being bullied. That figure sounds alarmingly high to me. I mean, that's another thing we're being told as parents is to um, earn our child's trust, make sure they feel like they can talk to us about anything, but still 87% feel they wouldn't know if their child was being bullied. Yeah, and actually when we ask parents about what the signs and symptoms might be of bullying and what they might need to look out for, they were pretty knowledgeable. So I think maybe sometimes parents underestimate, you know, we underestimate our ability and we perhaps don't have the confidence that we should in our in our skills to actually spot what might be going on for our children. But we do also know that frequently bullying, particularly among boys and late primary school age boys, is not always shared with parents or an adult. Um, In some studies, it was as few as 10% of boys had actually told anyone about things that were going on. So it is actually based on some fact that parents are right. Kids won't always speak up. So it's really important to regularly communicate with your children, talk with them, listen to them about what's happening in their life so that they're more likely to tell you if something's not right. And what are your other tips for parents when it comes to bullying in the schoolyard? Yeah, so I guess once you've got that channel of communication open and if something's happening that you're not sure about or you feel like might be bullying that that involves your child, firstly, obviously, you talk with them. It's really important to be reassuring and non-judgmental. We've talked about how sometimes parents can feel emotional and, in fact, it can bring up your own experience, perhaps, of bullying as a child. So trying not to jump in with all of that, but just to listen and hold the story that's come from your child. Speak to your school early. Get them involved. I think parents sometimes find this challenging. Make an appointment. If you need to, write some things down. Maybe take someone else with you so that you can have a really productive conversation about what's going on and try and get a really clear plan about how the school's going to try to help you to make a difference. And one thing that I think is really interesting, you do mention that it's probably not the best idea to approach the parent of the child or the child themselves without having someone support that interaction. 
Absolutely. And we did find that around half of parents told us they would be likely to go directly to the parent of the child who perhaps was involved in the bullying. About a third of parents in our study said they'd go directly to the child to sort of try and sort it out with them. And unfortunately, (laughs) we know, and even though that's well-intentioned, and I think, you know, I'm a parent myself, and as parents, we can feel really emotional and, and, you know, very much like you're an advocate for your child and want to make sure that things are sorted out. Sometimes it feels easier to just have a quiet word rather than involve school and make what people might think is a big deal of things. But in fact, we do know that it's not the most productive way and that often people are defensive and sometimes you might actually make life harder for your child if you start doing that sort of thing. So it's much better where you can to get school involved. If you don't feel like you're getting the support and traction that you need from school, then sometimes someone outside school can actually help to broker that, like a counsellor, the GP, or even the education department. And what about if it's happening online? Because that's something that, um, as our children get older, it definitely becomes an issue, doesn't it? It does. And so we found that overall, so we looked at children across the age group from the start of primary right through to secondary school, about a third of those children who'd been bullied, that happened online. When it got to teenage you know, years, it was much more common. It was well over half. That can be hard for parents too. They told us they don't feel comfortable knowing what's going on in the online space, so they're, they're less empowered to you know, step in and make a difference. But again, talking with your child about what sorts of things they're doing, what sorts of things they're sharing online, and what sorts of things they're seeing being shared, You know, whether or not that looks okay or whether it's inappropriate. If they're concerned, then really important to collect some evidence, so get a screen you know, shot of what that behaviour looks like online so you can share it with the school and talk with them about what's happening. The eSafety Commissioner here in Australia is fantastic. We're very fortunate to have that resource and really encourage parents to have a look at that website because they've got a great step-by-step process for dealing with cyberbullying on there. Anthea, thank you so much for speaking with us today. My pleasure, Siobhan. That's Dr Anthea Rhodes. She's a paediatrician and director of the National Child Health Poll at the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne. If you'd like to read the full report from the National Child Health Poll on childhood bullying, how are parents coping, head to our website, kindling.com.au, for links. 